Hello and welcome to the podcast of TechEU. I am your host, Andrew Degler. As I said before, one of our priorities in this show now is to bring you more interesting interviews with great people from the European tech ecosystem. So from this week on, you can expect to hear new episodes of the show in your podcast app three times per week. And I promise that the conversations will get even more exciting. In today's episode, I would like to play you an interview that I recorded some time ago with Dominique Piotet, a French man who had spent many years in Silicon Valley, but then ended up helping to build a tremendous startup ecosystem project in Kyiv, Ukraine. Dominique is the CEO of Unit City, the self-proclaimed first innovation park in Ukraine. It is already housing more than 100 resident companies, but some parts of it are still being constructed. The project is set to be finished in 2025, and at that point, it would be 10 times as large as Station F in Paris. So let's listen to this one together. So I was looking at your LinkedIn page uh, earlier. So you've taken this career journey in a way from France to Ukraine with a long detour in uh, California. So can we start uh, with uh, speaking about your path, let's say, geographic and career path? So what you had you been doing before you arrived in Ukraine? Sure. I'm passionate in tech. Tech is my life. Tech is what I do, but I'm not an engineer. I'm an economist. And the way I've always viewed tech is how do you do business with it? How do you use it? How is it useful for people? What type of services you can have? And the first time I really worked around tech was at actually the French Post. I created the first French internet services for the French Post and something that actually three or four million French people still use the first uh, free email address in France at laposte.net. That was in 1999. Then I continued my career in tech in France and joined a big company called BNP Paribas, which is one of the largest banks uh, uh, in the world, was uh, adding innovation for them. And then you know what? Tech is Silicon Valley. Tech is San Francisco. And so in 2004, I told my boss, hey, I would like to open an office in San Francisco and, and continue what we do with Ben Paribas, but do it from San Francisco. And, and I was sure I was going to be fired. I was expecting maybe to be fired. But I guess the boss of Ben Paribas was somewhat a visionary and said, oh, that's a great idea. You should do that. I'm supporting this. Just move to San Francisco. I was like, what? And, uh, and that was probably one of the best days of my life. Uh, so I moved to San Francisco in 2004. It was when Google went public. Um, of course, it was not that easy. I had to go back and forth with Paris. I still had my team in Paris. But anyway, long story short, after five years in San Francisco, my boss, who was still the CEO of Ben Pepaiba, told me, okay, you had fun for five years, but maybe now it's time to come back. I'm like, what? Come back. And so I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to come back. And I decided to create my own agency, uh, my own company. After all, I was in San Francisco. I did it in my garage, like everybody else. And it didn't become Facebook or Twitter or Airbnb or well, it was a cool, it was a cool agency. It's called Rebellion Lab. And I was chief rebel and I felt like it was cool. And it was. And after a year, year and a half, the company grew. We had 25 people in San Francisco. We opened an office in New York. Then we opened an office in Shanghai and, and the company was growing well. But the thing is, as, as usual, actually, in Silicon Valley, I decided that it was time to join a bigger organization and I sold the company. And I did my earnout period, three years, still from San Francisco. I sold to a French larger company, 
big agency in France. And after three years, they were like, okay, but what is my next big challenge? I moved from France to San Francisco. I discovered Silicon Valley in 2004, pretty early on, created my own company. I sold it. I didn't, I didn't kill it. So, I mean, you know, that's just, you know what people do in San Francisco? Basically, they kill businesses. Uh, it's, 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 it's how it's designed, right? It's like there's two are going to succeed, 2,000 are going to die. So basically, the entire region is, is a region where you kill businesses. So I was like, okay, I need a new challenge. And, and, and then I received a, an email from um, a headhunter, a reputable headhunter, says, do you know Ukraine? So I said, no. And he was like, do you want to know Ukraine? And I said, no. They said, no, no, but you should, you should check it out. It's interesting. And look, we have good projects and we have one for you, actually. And I felt like, okay, that, that would be, I'm, I'm looking for a new big challenge. Uh, I was not ready to start another company yet. And, uh, and I came to, to Ukraine. I came to Kyiv. I came to Unit City and, uh, and I completely fell in love. Uh, I, I, you know, I felt the energy I felt in San Francisco in 2004 when I moved to San Francisco, like, like a new beginning. Uh, it was after the tech bubble. It was plenty of ID, beginning of Facebook. Twitter was not an idea. And this is exactly that strong energies that had felt in Kyiv in the tech ecosystem. I was like, you know what? I want to be part of this. That's, that's, uh, that's a cool story. And that's it. That's, that's how I moved to Ukraine. Right. So that was the year 2019. Correct. Am I correct? And uh, so what were your first impressions of Ukraine, both uh, both tech and non-tech, when you just arrived uh, in the country back then? Hmm. So I had no clue what to expect. So I was, I was not uh, sure how it was going to be. I was a bit scared, to be honest, of course, as you always uh, are when you move to a new country. And really, my first impression was that idea of energy. That 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 feeling of I I can feel I can feel people and the 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 power of their ideas and and they're and they are fearless and they have nothing to lose anyway uh, really so that they're going full speed I, I strongly felt that and I was I was very very intrigued actually by that I also felt something that was very interesting for me is was their their passion for tech. But their passion for real tech, like you, you can you can have strong conversation around code, and what is a beautiful code, which are things that most people in Silicon Valley don't have anymore, because they have developer for that, and they talk about business, and they talk about their passion for business model, or for fundraising, or for VC stuff. Uh, here we still where are at the stage where we where we talk about tech really. And I really enjoyed that, even though I'm not a tech guy. Well, I'm a tech guy. After 25 years in tech, you, you kind of are a tech guy. But, but you know what I mean? I felt like I was coming back to the roots of why we do this, what, what type of problem, technical problem we're trying to solve. And, and, I, and I really like that. Then I was a bit surprised by the lack, almost the lack of interest or of culture around how do we turn this into business? Uh, the culture is here, so it's a little bit wrong what I'm saying. Everybody has read the right books, reading the right blogs, and the right. So, but but um, the lack of experience around that, and and I felt like, well, you know what, this is maybe something I can work on and be part of this this group of people who are trying to give back this, and that's what we do at Unicity, uh, trying to help 
create businesses around tech. And that's, that's, that's really our passion. Right. So let's move to Unicity then. What is Unicity? What is it that uh, the organization uh, is doing? Unicity is an interesting animal. So on paper, it's an innovation park. In reality, it's an ecosystem. On paper, it's an innovation park because we're building buildings. This is what we do. We build, we bu- we're building a city. Once we're done by 2025, that's our roadmap, and we will be done about 80% of the construction by 2025, we will have about 25 to 30,000 people working and living in Unit City because we also have a residential park. So we're building a city. Imagine SimCity, right? It's like my days are like, oh, where do we put the hospital? Uh, we need the schools. Where do we have them? And where are the cars going to go? No, we don't like cars. We don't want cars. Okay, no cars. Um, so it's 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 really cool. It's really fun actually. But at the end of the day, it's not about the buildings. We're really trying to build an ecosystem around innovation, around a mindset of innovation. So we're bringing, so to be a resident of Unit City, you need to be a tech company, you need to be a startup, or you need to be uh, the tech division of, of a larger companies. But if you don't do tech, if you're not in innovation, we don't, we're not interested in you. And so we're really trying to build this ecosystem around acceleration, incubation, financing, VC, startup, larger corporation, but their innovation division, R&D labs, coding school, very important for us, talents. And actually, we started with a coding school, which is which is totally counterintuitive because uh, usually you don't start a city by a coding school. You start a city by having people who can leave and who can eat. But we started with, with people who learn how to code. And so we have almost 1,000 coders in New Code, which is our, our coding school, almost free coding school. So really, Unit City in ecosystem, and what I used to say is, I don't want anybody to come to Unit City because they want to rent an office. For the same reason, you don't go to Silicon Valley because you want to rent an office. That would be a poor business decision, <laughs> cost of living, etc. Right? Yes. Uh, so, so, so I want people to move to Unit City because they want to be part of the ecosystem. And that that's really the idea of Unit City. That's really what makes it unique and attractive. And for those of you who, can, who know, uh, for example, the French ecosystem, Station F, which is which is a very large incubator, accelerator, uh, startup house in Paris, we are about 10 times bigger than Station F. So that, that shows you the scale of, uh, of what we're trying to build. So yeah, this is Unicity. This is Unicity in Kiev. We're building a Unicity in Kharkiv, and we're building a Unicity in Lviv. So it's it's going to be a network of uh, of unit cities around the same model. The, that idea of uh, ecosystem being being everything and culture and mindset being at the very center of um, of what we do. So the most logical question uh, from here would be: So why would a French man with uh, some uh, twenty years of experience in IT across France and California, why would you be the right person to head this sort of very local, in a way, effort uh, in Ukraine? That's right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm an outlier. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a challenger. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I have zero experience in real estate. Zero. I don't know how to build a building. Zero understanding of that. And so you're right. If you think on paper, why would you hire as CEO of Unicity someone who has zero experience in building buildings? And I think the answer is because because I think I have experience in ecosystem. 
And since the reality of what we're doing is building an ecosystem, it kind of uh, kind of makes sense to have someone like me joining to help that. Because this is this is really what I'm used to do. This is really what I do. As I build, I, I create bridges. One of the things I was doing with um, with my companies to create bridges between Europe and the U.S. Europe, the U.S. and Asia, mostly China uh, and Japan and Korea, because this is this is this is where I see the value of uh, of of anything we do, and I guess this is what I'm bringing to the table. It's that experience of building ecosystem, and and this is why I'm leading this. But then I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of madness in the air, <laughs> a rebellious spirit. Oh, let's let's go take that French guy who knows nothing about about real estate and and make him CEO of Unity and see if we crash everything. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> well, as long as the buildings are are still standing, then I guess we're okay. Construction super good. Uh, actually, you know, it's interesting because now I'm passionate about those things. I'm not too much passionate about the concrete, and but uh, we're the only place in Ukraine where we use, and, and, and there's not a lot of places in Europe, actually, where we use what we call the BIM technology. And BIM, what is BIM is for every physical building, you have a digital version of the building. And, and that's fascinating because you manage your building the way you build, but then also the way you manage the building in a very different way. You can know how much hair you need, how much electricity you need. You can, I mean, you can do tons of things. And, and in fact, you know, Mark Andreessen was very successful when he said, uh, software is eating the world. But this is what I see in construction. Software is eating the construction world, and 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 I and I see that in action, and and I feel like that's very fascinating to me. Right. So, and how do you uh, how do you formulate your uh, your mission as the CEO of Unit City? How, how would you put it in like in a you know, sort of like brief, succinct uh, way of words? Very simple, and actually, I, I not only I feel like this is my mission, but this became the mission of Unit City. Unit City is the place where ideas come to life. And this is my mission. My mission is to create that place to make ideas come to life. And then actually it's pretty complex because, because you need a, you need a lot of components. First, you need a place. Actually, you need several places. Uh, and we do spend a lot of time thinking of what type of place we need. Uh, do we need more conference place? Do we need more place for people to, to meet, to collide? I am actually very inspired by Steve Jobs. In doing this, because uh, when Steve Jobs left or got fi- was fired actually from Apple, he joined uh, or he built or he created Pixar, and he was obsessed when he designed the building of Pixar on how people would meet, and he used that that theory of collision um, because for him innovation comes only when people bumped into each other by accident and start having ideas and discovering those ideas. And so the way he built the Pixar building was with a huge atrium that was extremely uneasy to work with. Uh, so when you wanted to go to the bathroom, you had to go down to your office, cross the entire atrium to go to the bathroom that was the opposite of the building. And so he was sure that you would meet people on this long journey to the bathroom and bump into each other and create ideas. 
And so that place component is very interesting to me. How do you create a place where innovation happens, where ideas come to life? And so it's not just about the people you put together. It's also about the design. It's also about the events you organize. It's also about the type of people you bring together, the type of businesses you bring together. And this is my mission. My, my, my mission is to, to design this and to make it alive. Right. I understand. Great. So, and uh, you started in uh, 2019, so you had maybe eight months or so before the lockdowns began in Ukraine. Oh, yes. how, uh, how, did the, how did the year go? How did the year go for Unit City and for yourself? Not fun, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> Not fun for anybody. However, I feel like Ukraine was, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but Ukraine stayed way more open uh, than most countries, way more open. And, and it's a big paradox for us. I was expecting the, the business to be really bad. And it's exactly the opposite that is happening. I was expecting residents to leave. I was expecting offices to close. But in fact, I'm 98%, 98% full. I have nothing for rent. And even for the, the, the buildings that are coming, they're booked. So the demand stayed strong. Uh, and I guess the demand stayed strong because because our, the ecosystem was building is very attractive. Uh, the events, we had to reinvent, uh, change our events. Before lockdown, we had, uh, well, in 2019, we had more than 500 events, more than 60,000 people coming from 60 countries coming to Unit City, then zero. Um, so, of course, we, we moved our events online and, and we did everything that everybody else is doing and everybody's tired of it. But however... Uh, the demand is very strong and uh, and we're ready for the next phase. We're ready to reopen. We're ready to go full speed again, really again. Oh, this is great. This is great to hear. So uh, I, I, I will quote a uh, uh, something that you said before in an interview for the Kiev Post. It's going to be a, a bit of a conceptual question, if you will. So you said that uh, we are building a city that's dedicated to people in tech and innovation where they can create something. So basically, as you already mentioned, it's going to be a place for people to work, uh, to live, and there's going to be a hospital and uh, restaurants and whatnot. Is it actually a good idea to sort of build this kind of a walled garden within a city just for the people working in one particular industry? You're, you're right. That's a very good question. And, and, and actually, that's a question I'm asking myself every day. Is it a good thing to create a bubble and to put people in a bubble? And what about what's outside the bubble? And, 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 and don't we think that creativity comes from inside and outside the bubble? Is it even fair socially to, to, to create that type of bubble? And that's a very good question. And I don't have the right answer for that. However, what I know from experience and from, from, from traveling around, looking at all the tech ecosystem in the world, uh, they're all bubbles. Silicon Valley is a, is a bubble and is definitely a bubble. Tel Aviv and the tech environment of Tel Aviv is a bubble. And that's kind of by nature, the way you create tech ecosystem is you need to create kind of those almost protected environment. One of the mission of Unit City that I didn't mention, but that is very important for us, is to stop the brain drain of Ukraine. And we believe that one of the reasons of, of the brain drain of Ukraine is people can find a platform uh, where, where they find everything they need to create and develop their companies. And this is, in a way, is how do we make something that is extremely risky a little bit safer? 
And creating a company, creating a startup is something that is extremely risky. How do we make it a little bit safer? And so we have that tendency, and I see it in Silicon Valley, to create that those safer environment where you're going to have everything in one place to make your company potentially more successful, including funding, access to funds, access to people, access to talent. For the moment, there's no any better solution than that. And I couldn't find a better solution. So we had those conversations in in, with our design team. And one of the questions we have is, should Unit City have frontier? Should we build walls around Unit City? Or is Unit City a city in the city? And, and that comes back to that idea of putting everybody, because we are in Kiev. We have in 15 minutes from the center. And we decided to keep it completely open. And Unit City will be completely open. Anybody can come. Anybody will be able to, to come to Unit City, to go to the parks, to go to the restaurant, the cafe, to attend our events. We're, we're not closed. We're, we're not creating a closed environment. We're creating actually an open environment that hopefully will inspire other people to join the community. And, and actually, we can do that because, because of tech. Thanks to tech, uh, we can, for example, make sure that uh, we can secure this perimeter from bad people, from problems, etc. So we will have patrol, uh, patrol with drones and stuff like that. But Unicity will be open, completely open. Right. We are open. <laughs> Brilliant. Keep, copy us, please do. We love it. Improve. Right. So as a CEO, uh, what what are your KPIs and how do you measure your success? And at what point do you think you can look at what you've built and say, okay, th this is done now? So that 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 is a, a conversation that I love and that is uh, hard because there, there's a few things that are easy to measure. Speed of construction, vacancy, vac vacancy rates. Uh, uh, how many residents do we have? Uh, how much money do we make? Are we are we still losing money? For how long are we going to lose money? Are we going to make money one day? Which is a good good question, also. So so those are the classic KPIs. Now, how do you measure the KPIs of of a happy community? So we have a NPS. We use actually NPS, which is uh, which is something I really really like because it comes from the people who are actually part of your community, and 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 we look at that every year. And that's my main KPI actually. That that's the KPI I love the most. Okay, what, what, are people happy? In it? Would they recommend Unit City? Will they bring their friends? And so my main KPI is in is the NPS of Unit City, which is good but not the best. And, and then I'm looking into each component of that NPS and see what I what what could I improve. And it's usually around service uh, and it's usually around community and it's usually around um, how, do, how do we improve how people work together. The second one that I look very closely at is do people do business together? And actually every year we do a survey and we ask our resident, are you doing business with other residents and how important is it for you? Last year, 68% of our residents were doing business with other residents. And, uh, and we're very happy with that. Some of them are merging together. Some of them are using each other to do business. Some of them are creating products together. And we have a strict rule of conduct when you're resident of Unicity, actually, when you sign your contract, you promise that you will not hunt uh, talent from other companies. It's strictly around uh, against the rules uh, of Unity. So we know they're really doing business together, not trying to to steal people and ideas from each other. Uh, it's it's important for a healthier environment. But but this is something we measure closely. 
And so if, if I have that, I feel like, okay, I have built a community that is functioning, that is, uh, that is, that is useful. But it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And then the third one, my, my, my dream, my ultimate dream, I will measure how many unicorns are coming out of Unit City. <laughs> We're building companies. So I want, I want to see big companies uh, coming from Unit City and, and, and emerging out of Unit City. And, uh, and, and I want unicorns com, coming from, from Unit City, even, even though it, it, it doesn't mean really anything. But the, the symbol uh, means something. So speaking of unicorns, are you also doing any sort of acceleration activities? Yes, we do. Actually, we're launching today our second batch of uh, what we call the bootcamp, the Nest bootcamp. So once again, because because startup is a risky business, I created something I call Nest, which is uh, which is hopefully a nest for unicorn. And we have a bunch of activities around that nest. One of them is the bootcamp, which is an acceleration program. And I have a philosophy. Um, actually, it's a strong philosophy in life, which is you don't take money from kids. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to take money from kids. I don't think you, we should take money from kids. And for us at Unicity, our kids are our startup. And so it's a completely free program. We don't take money. We don't take equity. We don't take anything. Uh, we just want good companies. So it's very selective. From now, we have the capacity to only take seven to 10 companies every three months. Uh, but hopefully, we will be able to grow this with a larger building that we will build in, in a year and a half. And so, yes, we do. And, and, and we look at those companies and we help them, we support them. Uh, this is a second batch. This is something we launched during the quarantine because we didn't want those companies to, to die. And so we're like, okay, we have to, to protect whatever we can. And, and we're very excited about this program. Very, very excited. Out of the seven first company, one called Watched uh, raised half a million dollars. Several other uh, raised good rounds of financing. Uh, all of them are still alive. Uh, three of them completely pivoted, which is fine, which is why you do an acceleration. And so, yeah, we're very, very happy uh, uh, with that program. But once again, right. money from the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, like uh, let's just uh, let's take a look uh, maybe a quick look uh, uh, at the like bigger ecosystem on the uh, country level in Ukraine. Uh, what is your take uh, uh, on the ecosystem in general? Uh, what do you think are the challenges that it's facing at the moment? The main, 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 main challenge uh, is uh, money. We don't have enough VC funds in Ukraine, and we don't have enough VC culture uh, in Ukraine. We have investors. Uh, they are investors. They exist. But when you talk to most of them and you tell them, oh, look, very simple, uh, a VC fund, you take 10 companies, seven are going to die, two are going to make money, the rest are going to be just so-so. So, so. so what? Seven are going to die? This, you want to kill me. Why, why do you want me to invest in a company that is going to die? No, I don't want you to invest in one company that is going to die. I want to invest in you to invest in 10 companies and to make sure that two or three are going to be really, really, really cool. But I can't, I cannot, I cannot deal with seven companies that are going to die. I'm not a loser. I don't invest in companies that are going to die. You know what I'm saying? That that culture, that VC culture is not present enough in Ukraine. So, so it's really tough actually for those product companies to, to have access to financing. And, and, and I think this is really something at the global country level we need to, we need to help fixing um, because as, as long as we don't have that, we will still mostly have outsourcing companies 
that are great, uh, but, uh, but that are less capital intensive and that have a potential to be more successful quicker, but that will not help create a great startup ecosystem. So this is really where I see the challenge right now is it's changing. It's slowly changing. And I hope we will see some good players coming. We have a few cool success stories. A company called Reface uh, just raised five, five million from Andresen Norovitz without even going to Silicon Valley. So those are good examples, but it's only one. And so that's a big challenge for the ecosystem. Yeah, but yes, indeed. I, I also see all these uh, stories coming from Ukraine. Yes, uh, you mentioned Reface. We had them on the podcast recently. And there's also Preplease around that's just been yes. announced uh, uh, last week, I think, 35 yes. million. So uh, I, I do see I do see that things seem to be seem to be improving. So I really wanted to sort of uh, get uh, your impression from the inside, whether you can see this improvement as part be, being part of the ecosystem. So I, I see it, but unfortunately, they don't raise in Ukraine. They still raise outside of Ukraine. And so what I would like to see is a, is a stronger pre-seed, seed, potentially Series A ecosystem in Ukraine. I don't think we will go further, uh, but I would like to see that, that happening in Ukraine instead of right from your seed round, you, you, you raise from outside. That's great. But imagine how much work it is to pitch to an Andrei Sinorovitz that is, um, and, and of course, part, part of the Reface team went to Stanford. They, they have the connection. They, uh, but look, I mean, we have to create this in Ukraine. Uh, then they will go to the U.S. I mean, I'm, I'm not naive, but at least they will have started something here, have people here, office structure uh, that they will keep. And so we will create value in the country way more than, than, than with a Preply that is, that is out. I mean, that will be out. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But also, you know, for, for the VC ecosystem to be there, you need this money to come from somewhere. And uh, in, in the case of Estonia, for example, uh, where you see it coming from is just from successful startups, right? You've got the employees of successful startups who, who got uh, their uh, their shares early on, then uh, sold their shares when the company uh, went public or was acquired, and then they're ready to start investing. I don't see this happening a lot in Ukraine, at least yet. Not yet, because I mean, when we think about Estonia, I think about Skype, and I think this the but but, but Skype I, I, I had it, they had an exit for 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 the moment. Those 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 unicorn that we see from Ukraine are poor. What I mean by that is they haven't done their exit yet. They still need to raise money to keep growing. So as long as you do that, you're not in the phase where you can give back. You're in the phase of your hyper growth on the path to your success, on the path to doing your exit, and then and then it will be time to give back. Uh, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. So as long as they're not there yet, it's going to be harder for them to to start giving back. But it will happen. It I, it, uh, it it will happen. It's it's a matter of a few years, I'm sure. Okay. I think SMRK, for example, is a is a good one yeah. as, as an example of uh, basically entrepreneurs giving back to the community and investing in uh, new companies. We need more. We need more SMRK. I mean, we um, we <laughs> yes, and yeah. name me others, and this is pretty much it. Uh, and so we need more of those guys. We need we need way more yeah. of those guys. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So, uh, so till the end, I left a couple of questions uh, more about uh, uh, the country you're originally coming from. That is uh, France. I saw you recently, I think, on Clubhouse talking on one of the panels uh, of La French Tech. Uh, so, are you still actually actively participating in the, in that community? Are you still active yes. in uh, French Tech in general? I'm very active in French Tech. Actually, I'm the president of French Tech Kiev. When I moved to Kiev, that's one of the first things we did. We created French Tech in Ukraine because because we see the potential of uh, of Ukraine. I'm 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 a strong believer of being together, and I think we are stronger together. I think French Tech, and and I saw it, saw that happening at the very beginning from Silicon Valley. Uh, French Tech was a strong umbrella to bring together French entrepreneurs to conquer the world. Have they conquered the world yet? No. Uh, will they? Probably not. But at least they created a strong brand that reflects well the ecosystem and that unites people around um, around the globe, around the notion of, you know, there is something to be said of being French. Um, and, and we can do business together wherever we are. And I think it's a, it's, it's a great label. In Ukraine, we have something that we support actually actively at Unicity uh, called Tech Ukraine that is actually very inspired by, by, by French tech. That is, okay, let's, let, let's be together. And let me, let me give you an example. Every year there was in an ancient world, uh, a world that might come back, uh, something called CES. CS, there's many ways of doing CS. You can do it alone and, and good luck, or you can do it under a, a larger umbrella. Uh, French Tech was one of them, and actually all the French company would, would go to, to CS together. And I, and I want to see the same thing with Ukraine, with Tech Ukraine. I think we would be much stronger if we were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so uh, generally, uh, France, uh, the, the French government, uh, first of all, has covered a lot of ground over the past uh, few years, trying to make the country more startup friendly, trying to make a lot of things uh, work in terms of both uh, granting us granting I don't know, money, giving money to the initiatives, but also by changing the regulations and stuff like that. Do you think there's experience uh, from the French government that could be applied in Ukraine at all? Well, uh, actually, that's very interesting because, yes, I do. Um, and I do think that you don't see a tech ecosystem that is working without government involvement. Uh, that was true in the U.S. from the very beginning of uh, Silicon Valley with government money, more defense money, but but massively investing in, 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 uh, in, in tech. We saw that for, for France. Uh, for France, we have... A lot of initiative, but one of them is is crucial. is uh, is is actually the public uh, bank BPI, which is uh, massively giving cheap loan uh, to tech companies. Uh, but we're talking about billions, uh, and it's a bank, and but it's a public bank. It's a state-owned bank. Very very important for the tech French ecosystem. I mean, we would not have what we have today in France. All those tech companies without BPI. Because we didn't have the funding from VCs and we didn't have the VC culture. So the state decided to, to say, you know what, the VCs are not here. We're going to do the job ourselves. And we're not even going to ask the returns that the VC usually ask. We're going to do it as a bank, but a public bank. We're starting to see that actually in Ukraine when once the new government, and I'm not judging I'm not doing politics. Uh, I, I think nothing about the uh, Ukraine politics. 
However, I know that the number two of the Ukrainian government after the prime minister is deputy prime minister as in charge of the digital transformation of the country. And he's 28 and he was an entrepreneur. And so, so you see that within the government, you have an entity that is pushing in the right direction. You also have the Ukraine Startup Fund that is giving grant 50 to 75K to young startup. And that's amazing. That's, that's an amazing start. They give, last year was their first year, they gave more than 3.5 million in grant. Uh, and they do demo day and they do the pitch days and, 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 and they, and they work with a startup. It's, it's a great start. So it's just the beginning. Like we're, we're talking about initiatives that are at most a year and a half to two years old. So, and, and France started that. 10, 15 years ago. So we will see, but this is this is a direction this, this should go. I mean, we support this, uh, of course. Right. Okay, before we went into the questions of politics, I think it is time to wrap up this conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Dominique. Thanks a lot for joining today and uh, good luck with everything you're doing at Unit City. Thank you so much. See you soon. And this is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, do follow us today wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if that place happens to have a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that for us as well. Our audio engineering is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andrew Degler, and I will talk to you again soon. For now, take care and enjoy your weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>